Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next order. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Happy Monday and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm Gabe Ibrahim alongside Amy Audibert bringing you up to date on everything that's happening in the women's basketball world. Uh, There's a lot happening, Amy. There's a lot (laughs) happening. As predicted, Gabe, we knew this was going to be an up and down season, right? Um, So much unpredictability. It's not even a word going on right now. (laughs) Uh, We see that this past week, right? Just uh, it's been fun. but not nothing that it hasn't been surprising. Let's say it that way, right? Upsets are going to happen. They are going yes. to continue to happen. <laughs> and there was a lot of close games this weekend. There's a lot mm-hmm. of fun games. Uh, some sad stuff involving COVID. Shockingly, with this season, that's been pretty much what we've been talking about. Um, and then there's also the looming uh, WNBA free agency, which starts next Monday on February 1st. Um, and hopefully, next Monday we'll be talking about stuff that has actually happened in the WNBA, but right now we're going to, we're going to stick to college um, and talk about just like, there's been a huge slate of games and like a lot of, there's been a few top 10 upsets. There's been a few uh, massive performances looking at you, Nas Hillman. Um, there, there's been a few almost upsets. So Amy, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a couple of choices here and then you're going to, this is like a choose your own adventure thing. Ooh. You ever read those? Yeah. 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 And then you go back and pick a new one. Do we get to yeah. do that too? <laughs> I remember I had a goosebumps one. And then, so I did yes. the whole thing like you're supposed to, and then I read it straight through reading it straight through is really fun. Um, you know what? That's what I thought of too. Goosebumps. I didn't want to yeah. say it, but we were on the same page there. <laughs> yeah. I remember the goosebumps one. It was like, you're on a cruise ship and you died in like several terrible ways. Um, <laughs> But this is not going to be scary. It's more going to be fun. So I'm, I'm going to give you a few choices here. We can either start with um, the ACC scares. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm counting South Carolina in there because they, they're just close enough that I didn't want to do a whole SEC section. Um, so <laughs> ACC, SEC scares, Nas Hillman's 50-point game, or UConn and Stanford. Which one do you want to go with first? So, you know what? I thought I was going to want to do this last, but as you're reading them, I'm like, you know what? Let's do it first. Let's talk about Nas because my gosh, she deserves it. Like, I'm not above, like, I like the team aspect of games. Don't get me wrong. That performance, I think I've said this before. I'm big, right? I'm a big, I'm Mm 6'2". And like, so I obviously, when you see the footwork and like, if you honestly, if you love basketball and I'm assuming if you're listening, you love basketball or at least you like it a little bit, hopefully, Go watch the highlight reel. Yes. I mean, so first of all, just using her body around the rim, a thing of art. It's beautiful. Uh, the footwork. Oh, let me, well, then, let me give her, let me give her line first. So she yeah. had 50 points, okay. uh, 16 rebounds. She was 20 of 30 from the field, 10 of 14 from the line. A massive game uh, for yeah. Nas Hillman. But yeah, Historic. sorry. You, to the- no, that's, you're right. You should have done that first. I got excited, <laughs> right? So monster game. I believe it was the highest scoring output for men's or women's at Michigan. I believe that's what yes. the history yes. there. So it was it was a, a- I mean, you look at the history of Michigan basketball. I mean, hello. So anyways, uh, yeah. But then not only was she back to the basket, spinning, sealing, sealing backside. Her team did a great job of setting her up. Then you see her like backdoor cutting from the three-point line. I mean, 
and ones mm-hmm. galore. I, unfortunately, our team lost. They got upset, right, against yeah. Ohio State, <laughs> which is, I, I know, like, you know, you lost the game. But my gosh, that performance was uh, it was exhilarating just because if you, if you break down the skill set uh, yeah. of what she showed, anyone who wants to play this game as like that four or five position needs to go watch what she did because it was automatic. It was textbook. It was beautiful. She's averaging 26 and 12 on the season. Yeah. She is top three scoring, I believe in the country mm-hmm. top. I don't, I don't know what that 12 it's probably top five rebounding. Like, so She's the best. She's the best offensive rebounder in the country, I believe. Yeah, and and so when we sit here and talk about uh, player of the years, like obviously, like we've already mentioned, uh, you know, Dana Evans, obviously Ryan Howard. Mm-hmm. We talk about uh, Anya Wetter, like out there on the West Coast of UCLA. I don't know how you don't at least talk a little bit about Nas Hillman because what she's doing is absolutely incredible. And she, mm-hmm. it is a big 10. It is a power five conference. And I think that this game, although they lost, uh, hopefully opened a lot more eyes. And at least um, when we're talking about WNBA scouts, right. Uh, yeah. What she brings to the game is in my opinion, um, it's next level because it's very fundamental. She can also run the court really well. That was yeah. the other thing I was really impressed by. Like she was, she was getting, she was getting down court and like, yeah, a lot of her points come off offensive rebounds. She's a nine. Uh, she rebounds 19.4% of missed baskets of her team. Yeah. I don't know. I said 19 before <laughs> offensive rebounding rate, 11th best in the country. Um, she really did a ton. So like you, like you mentioned footwork, the back to basket, but she also has that sort of, um, futuristic big in that she can run the floor really well. She gets right to the basket. She knows exactly where to be in that dunker spot. So I, I really, really appreciate her game. Um, Looking at it from the WNBA perspective, I think it's going to translate. But regardless, like just the 50 point game is awesome. Like scoring 50 in in any basketball game, like that's amazing. I I think that's always like, I don't know why 50 sounds like so much more than 45, but 50 is a lot more than 45. 50, 50, 50. Um, but this is the first 50 point game in a power in power conference play since Kelsey Plum did it in 2017 against Utah, 11 50 point game overall in college basketball since 2015. And, and like you mentioned, she's third in the nation scoring leads the nation and win shares. Absolutely. Uh, great performance all year round for her. Um, so I'm, I am excited to see how she grows. Cause she's a sophomore, I think a junior. Yeah. Maybe? She, yeah. So, yeah, this is her third year. So this is her junior yeah. year. She'll have an extra year of eligibility. Um, the bad news is, like you said, they did lose to Ohio State, a big rival. Um, and just Ohio State. Ohio State played um, very well. But the the other thing is uh, Michigan went on a complete athletics pause. So they will, yeah. um, they will be up to 14 days with no sports whatsoever in – Michigan, uh, I don't know how they're going to determine this, when to come back, but this is the new strand too, right? Yeah. The new, that's why. Which is that? Let's like just not ignore the elephant in the yes. room. Like terrifying. I'm sorry, yeah. terrifying slightly. <laughs> like we can't even I get over the first. I've become so <laughs> numb to everything. It's just like yeah. yeah, sure, like whatever, like yeah, sure. A new strand of the of the pandemic causing disease. Yeah, whatever. Like oh, mm-hmm. there's like giant snakes attacking people in the middle of the streets. Fantastic. I actually, don't I don't know if that's true. I haven't heard that. So if that happens, I haven't heard that. Um, but yes. I, that is just going to be a giant mess. Uh, I think Michigan's doing the right thing by pausing, but we won't see Nas Hillman for a little while now. 
You know what? And, and, and like, let's not forget too. like, they lost the game, but that was, I think they're 11, 17. They're probably going to drop a couple now, but um, that was not, not only 50 points against um, a unranked struggling team. That's against a really good Ohio state team. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, there's going to be a lot of player. I want, I wonder where, where Hillman falls. Like, I wonder if people see her and just like, well, she's a traditional big, she's not going to be, she's not super, um, she's not that kind of sort of super size big that we see. Um, but maybe she, I don't know. I, I just don't know what they're going to see of her. Cause she's only six, two. Yeah. But, but I like, mean, to me, to me, Gabe, like you look at the way she spins and like how she uses her mm-hmm. body and that's her advantage because against a smaller defender, she can body them and get, we saw her get positioned, mm-hmm. you know, Ohio state were fronting her many times. Almost looked like they're in a post and didn't play backside. And so her teammates, let's not also like ignore that Michigan, the women's basketball team at Michigan did a great job setting yeah. her up as well. They did. And they went to her when Ohio state got fat, was in foul trouble trouble inside they pounded it in and uh but anyways back to my point and then against uh bigger defenders because she's so crafty with her feet she can get underneath she can spin we like you said she runs well she can you know i said backdoor cutting from the three-point line so as long as that's a player that really has to understand your advantage in that game because there Mm -hmm. always will be one now that means there's also gonna be a disadvantage in that game or two and so uh i hope her her staff uh spends a lot of time watching film with her um just continuing to allow her to develop learn and grow because like you said she's got a couple more years and uh i'm just circling her name and and i definitely want to continue to uh, see where she ends up and we'll and so they're they should be able to get to 13 games if they're able to come back because they have after this two week break, they'll have one, two, three, four, five games left. So those should be able to get to that 13 point, 13 game threshold that we're having for some teams and perhaps not for others. So we will see hopefully more of Michigan uh, in a couple weeks. And we hope everyone's staying safe in Ann Arbor. Um, but we're going to take a quick break and then we'll, we will play some more choose your own adventure uh, with Amy to talk to see what we're going to talk about next. Built Bar. Told you about them at the top of the show and we want to remind you that they're making the best tasting protein bar ever. They were nice enough to send us some samples of their products, of their 18 amazing flavors, which include six new ones. Uh, I've been having them, although my diet is is weird. I'm not an athlete, right? So this is more for an athlete. And for the athlete's perspective, Amy, what, what Built Bar thing are you trying this week? Last week you told us about their... Um, the, the cherry barshia flavor and um, the the powder stuff that they gave us, which is something yeah, I've had yet. And yeah, I need it's so have. good. Yeah, you do. Just throw it in your water. Like it's like you're just giving yourself a little extra gift of vitamins. Very important See, this time of year. Th- Very this important. is why we need an athlete's perspective <laughs> yes, in these ads, well, Amy. Uh, that's my first motive. I don't know how much of an athlete I consider myself anymore, but I will tell you this. I actually had one this morning for breakfast. I got up, I went for a nice long walk with the dog, came home, had a coffee and a built bar, and I am feeling great. Look at me. Like, oh, yeah. no, I I did not brush my hair, but I feel a mil- like a million dollars. <laughs> um, this morning it was the mint chocolate. Oh, and I had that one too. That's pretty yeah, good. You know what? Okay. So let me give you the detail. The mint was not overpowering, mm-hmm. which is the, to me, the key in a mint, like a mint chocolate, like mint chocolate chip. Yeah. You don't want overpowering mint. Those scientists in that built bar lab, they the- got it. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so I'm, look at me. Like, I'm feeling good today. So, uh, you, have yeah. a, you have a built bar glow. Thank Ooh, you. We should send that to them. Um, yes. But we also, and, and the thing is, too, with these, like, they do taste good. Um, 
it's not a candy bar. I'm not going to lie to you, but it's way healthier. And that's the, that's the biggest thing here is like when you get these healthy, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber things, that built bar is, they usually taste like a piece of cardboard and built bar doesn't. So I would highly recommend anyone that is uh, an athlete or a former athlete like Amy or a, a never athlete like myself, if you just want something healthy, that's good. I, I, I'd highly suggest built bar. What were you going to say, Amy? I was just going to say, or if you're just busy, you just tuck one in your bag because you know what? It's a good snack or sometimes like, you know, when life gets back to hopefully normal, knock on wood, we're Mm. just on the go a lot. So it's always nice to have something with you like that. That's and it. also, that's if you're a snacker awesome. like me, it's great to have something that's not going to be like 800 calories because that's what I do. <laughs> so uh, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get 20% off your next order. Use that promo code LOCKDOWN to make sure that they know you came from us and for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. South, the Southeast at large. All right. Uh, coming back in three, two, one. Welcome back to the middle segment here on Lockdown Women's Basketball. I want to remind you that we are not the only host on this podcast feed. We got Eric Ayala coming up on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We got Howard McDell bringing up the caboose on Friday with your big Friday conversation. So make sure you subscribe to uh, this podcast and listen to it every day, other than Wednesdays. You get a break on Wednesdays in the weekend. Um, and make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On WBB. Now, though, Amy. Uh, has chosen her next adventure. We're gonna we're gonna flip over to, so not the southeastern conference, but just like the southeast writ large in America, um, and I'm including Kentucky in that because they have a team in the SEC. So uh, we're gonna start with some scares of the big teams here. I want to start talking about Louisville, number one Louisville. They got to number one last week and then almost uh, lost their top ranking. This week, they just snuck by a wake, 65-63. They trailed by nine points with seven minutes left. Then Dana Evans went off. She had 25 points overall, 10 points in the final seven minutes, had a big and one with nine seconds left. She basically just said, I'm not losing this game. And that's what you expect from a player of the year caliber player like Dana Evans. Um, and they get they get just sneak by wake. A team, by the way, that if you listen to our ACC preview, you were her Amy talking about wake telling you that they're pretty good and me so i, <laughs> oh, I feel a little a vindicated players yeah you know what um they did what they were supposed to do which was yeah. when you're number one you win these games which is if you remember gabe we recently had a conversation about stanford mm-hmm. about this because they lost to colorado in overtime at number one and we said you know when you're number one um you just expect that you find a way to grind these games out right, right? And, and that's what louisville did now I know I'm jumping ahead here, but February 1st, a week ago, a week from today, exactly next Monday night, they are supposed to be playing NC State. That game is at Louisville. That's going to oh. be their biggest test. That's going to be the game of the, what do you, what? The, what no, big, I was just saying, I remember when Monday that game got, <laughs> I was thinking about when that game got canceled and yeah. now I just, rem- I just remember that it is next Monday. Oh, oh, please happen. Yes. Please happen. So this is going to be the big test, but okay. So jumping back. You know, they win the game, which is what you expect. And and you in NC State, I think they had a close one too, right? Like you expect yeah. when you're these top teams to figure out a way. And it kind of reminded me of when we compare it. The game that always sticks in my mind is this is totally random. In 2017, when Tulane 
almost beat UConn. And this was when UConn was still like dynasty rolling. It was mm-hmm. in 2000. It was the season that they ended up losing to Mississippi State at the buzzer in the at the final four, right? Mm-hmm. It was it Texas A&M? Anyways, um, so many teams in my head. Um, but uh, the thing is, is that I remember like like tracking that game and like how is Tulane almost beating UConn like UConn wasn't being touched number one you know and um they still UConn still wins the game by three and it's like you just assume that number one I'm not trying to compare other teams to that dynasty that we saw for so long or that UConn run but it's the point that when you are number one legit you do find a way to pull these games out right yeah, And so if you're Jeff Waltz, I think you have to be encouraged because we know Dana Evans, a candidate for national player of the year for sure. But then, you know, you have Haley Van Liff averaging 13 and six, Olivia mm-hmm. Cochran averaging 12 and seven, Keanu Smith averaging 12 and four. They're getting some solid contributions off the bench too. And it's not just from one or two players, right? It's So um, they're also showing that I want to say balance. Uh, don't get me wrong. Dana Evans, you got to run yeah. through her, but uh, I'm, I'm, I was happy to see them pull that out. Uh, obviously not for Wake Forest, but no. I, I just, it's nice to see, like, you just want to see consistency or some sort of like <laughs> not curveball <laughs> this year right now. But, yeah, exactly. Like that was what it was. It was like, yeah. okay, I think this team is a championship level team, championship level teams. They're playing. The Wake's <laughs> a good team. They're not ranked, but Wake is, a, Wake's a good basketball team. Um, and they still pulled it out. And like you mentioned that, that to me, that's going to get you more ready for winning when it counts than another game that maybe you blow someone out. Can I just say though, like that's my point with like this season is that um, you, yes, wakes a, yeah. Wakes a good basketball team. We're talking about number one in the country. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm saying is you just want to like have that like confidence or just feel like, they're rolling, they're rolling. You know what I mean? It just feels mm-hmm. like, and then when we see, yes, it's exciting. Yes, it's great for the women's game to kind of like be able to see these upsets and, and it, you know, you want to tune in because you never know. And then that's what I do think, you know, you do want basketball to be, but then you also just want to know who your best yeah. teams are because if we do get to an NCAA tournament, my gosh, <laughs> yes, do not go to Vegas and put, put money on anything. Like, it's just, it's, and again, I understand it's exciting, but then there's also just this, like, respect for these top teams yeah. that are the top teams and roll and take care of business. And, uh, sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but you know what I mean? Like, when you're yeah. talking about the number one team in the country, uh, yes, any given sunny Sunday, any given day, I understand that, but it's just been such, it's been such a pattern this year, right? This season. Oh, yeah. And those and that that lends lends itself to the other two teams we're talking about because it wasn't any given Sunday type of Sunday um, <laughs> yeah. away from the football field because we knew kind of what was going to happen in the NFL. But hey, hey now, I, I'm up north. Man. I do. Hey, <laughs> shout, shouts to the Bills. They were there. <laughs> shouts to the Bills. But the the other two teams, NC State number two, they also had to come back against Virginia Tech. They won the game 89-87, but Virginia Tech had a 98.3 win probability with six minutes left. No Elisa Kunain for NC State, so they're missing their best player, but um, they they still had major trouble with Elizabeth Kitley of Virginia Tech, their center, because they just didn't have the size. And then you turn over and you look you look down the, the line, number four, South Carolina, has a four-point win against LSU, who's six and seven. So going to your point here that 
we want to see consistency from these top teams. Do you think it's more an issue? Do you think it's an issue for these teams? I think it is exciting for college basketball, but for these teams that they are having these close calls or is this just kind of something that you would expect um, at this stage in a normal season? Not that this says anything like a normal season, but in a normal season, would you ex- kind of expect these, these games to be happening often as they are? No. Not as often as they are, like every once in a while. Like you said, I always remember the too late, too late at UConn because it was such a crazy, yeah. you know, oh my gosh. Um, now it's just like, yeah, this is happening. And I, and I understand there are, like, I think LSU's one of those teams that uh, unranked probably should be ranked. We'll see mm-hmm. what happens today or at least creeping to it. Um, but not as consistently, like you said, as we're seeing it should. Do I think Wake Forest should have touched Louisville? Probably not. I understand Virginia Tech a little bit more, although I'm super bummed we didn't get the Kitley Kunane matchup. Yeah, yeah. Um, but still, like again, we're talking about number two or top two or three in the country, right? Like, so I think that I'm not going to sit here and cut any team up at this point because I'm not a women's college basketball player in the middle of a global pandemic. Yes, these student athletes are dealing with something that, not making an excuse, it's a reality. The world and we're not, you know, just the, the, the pressure and the stress of not just trying to wake up and get through the day, but trying to wake up and perform at a very high level, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that I think there definitely is some stuff going on. And, we're, you know, like having to go on pause for two weeks in the middle of a season like Baylor, like like how many other programs like and then getting back and being ready to go. And um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think that a, this covid written season um, has a, a direct correlation with these almost upsets we're seeing. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, and I don't definitely don't want to sound insensitive, but we get to the NCAA double a tournament. It's going to be a heck of a tournament. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be just crazy. So you just we'll got this year more than any other year is about surviving and advancing in almost a literal sense. It Hopefully is. not. No, but no. Like, but I mean, Cause you don't know, right? You don't know when you wake up in the morning, you don't know if you're actually going to be playing. You don't know who's going to be playing. Um, talk to the Miami hurricanes. You don't know who you're going to be playing against yeah. the day before it's happened, right? It's, it's just kind of been a consistent element this season. And, and it's for sure that that doesn't mean, so you're not scouting two or three days in advance often. Mm-hmm. Um, last minute schedule changes. That's not, we're talking about basketball. We're not even just talking about life. Yeah. Right. Like the, they're, they're, they're student athletes, the people like there's yeah. professional athletes are talking about it. Right. How they're kind of, do we see in the NBA and the NFL? What about our student athletes? Yeah. They're dealing with everything. And then on top of that, it's this uncertainty with your games, their schedule with, you know, and are we okay? Right. So I think to me, I, I am with you. I'm willing to just like, I'm going to give you everyone a pass. I don't care how close you get. If you win the games, that's that's great. That's all you're trying to do. And I think um, at this point, just just winning, escaping is totally fine by me because there's a lot of teams that won't be able to do that like we talked about with um, Stanford. Speaking of Stanford, mm. uh, we're going to talk about the, the two – I'm going to say the two best programs – in, women, in recent women's college basketball history, I'd say Stanford and UConn, we're going to talk about them in the last segment, and we'll see you guys there in just a second. If you're looking to bet on sports online, there's no better place to do it than Bet Online AG. They have everything for you to bet on except 
women's college basketball, which is a bummer, but come WNBA time, they will have WNBA bets. If you're watching the NBA, you can bet on the NBA. If you want to bet on the Super Bowl, they have that too. And there's only one place that has you covered, one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account today at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports booking experts. Last segment here on Locked On Women's Basketball, and we're talking about the two biggest programs. Well, two of the best programs. I don't know if they're the best overall. That's not what we're talking about today because they have. I was going to say that's a whole other show. <laughs> Stanford and. UConn, the number three Huskies, um, and the number five Cardinal played some big games this weekend. Stanford lost, UConn won. UConn played Tennessee, uh, and arguably the biggest rivalry in women's college basketball. Uh, it was actually uh, we back Pat Wheat, so it was kind of it was a special um, time for that game, and it didn't disappoint. It was a really great game, really fun. The Huskies won sixty-seven to sixty-one. Kristen Williams and uh, Avina Westbrook led UConn basically dragged them for most of the game because UConn couldn't hit many shots. Uh, and then Paige Beckers brought her home with a big three after she sprained her ankle in the fourth quarter. Um, Tennessee played really well. Can't knock their effort. Um, so I hope they kind of stay ranked because they were 25. So I hope, you know, losing to UConn is not that big of a deal because it really shouldn't be because UConn, is one of those teams. And so we were just talking about how escaping with a win and, and beating teams that you're supposed to is a big deal this year. And I think they showed me um, something there because they're a really young team and, and they were able to get it done in uh, the clutch there. Yeah. So first of all, Tennessee's definitely staying the top 25 because they okay, upset good. Kentucky yesterday. So that oh, was yeah, they did. 25. Yeah. So like they're actually, <laughs> they're doing all right. <laughs> but anyways, UConn. Yeah. So first of all, Paige Beckers, let's just talk about her for a second, because I know she, she didn't have a great shooting game, right? You said she hit mm -hmm. the big three at the end, so she was one for six from the three, which means she was yeah. 0 for five from the three before she took that shot. Clutch, your, your rookie, yeah. you know, steps up and hits the shot. But you look at her stat line, she still had nine points, eight rebounds, and seven assists. She still mm -hmm. almost had a triple double, but I guess my point is this: you look at UConn, and she is like one of the more elite players on that team. Doesn't play well, still, <laughs> still, yeah. still find a way to win a really tough game. I will say, you look statistically, UConn is number two in the country in scoring defense. They only give up, on average, just over forty-eight points per game, and they are top. They are number ten in scoring offense averaging just over 85 points per game. They are one of two teams in the top 10 in both. Baylor's the other team. So you look at this UConn program, we know they had a they, well, they didn't have a start to the season basically, right? Yeah, like they basically exactly. did not play a preseason because of um COVID protocols. And um and so we don't talk enough about UConn because they're kind of just sliding through here but yeah. I mean I don't want to say that because they're winning big games and they're doing it and, but statistically they are also one of the best teams in the country what are they ranked number three before I'm not we're waiting three. for the rankings to come out by the way we're sitting here stretching this so the rankings come out I don't know what they look like this week but yeah they are one of the top teams in the country and um yeah I mean that was a competitive game you know what else the other thing too Gabe they shot 10 for 21 from the free throw line yeah. In that game. So add another 11 points, like not 11, but let's say, you know, you should hit 17, 18 of those. Right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, 
yeah, like UConn's good. I, like, hello. Like, they're, <laughs> they're coming along. And I think that's important because, you know, they, like you mentioned, they didn't have a start to the season. So we're talking about a team that likely isn't in condition. Um, they're, they're still getting, they're working from behind. And I think just to see them giving that defensive effort and being able to, you know, really push themselves on that end has been a big deal. But they really are relying a lot on, on their, they have three juniors on this team. Uh, Avina Westbrook's a retro junior, but the other, otherwise, Kristen Williams, Olivia Nelson, Adota, those are the only three players that have have like real experience other than last year. Anna Makarot is actually um, she's hurt. I'm not sure how long she's going to be out for. I think she has a foot injury, so that's something to watch. But this is still a really young team, and to see them being able to commit on the defensive end, understand what they're supposed to do, and work together, that's a great sign for UConn. I think the other things, the free throw shooting, the three-point shooting, that kind of comes with more conditioning um, that will hopefully happen throughout the years they play more games because they've only played nine games. And we're saying all this stuff, like we're talking about like things that you would expect to trend upwards. Yeah. I mean, week nine, so today's week 10, but week nine because week 10's not ranked number three in the country. Like (laughs) It's going well. It's going well. Like, yeah, like it's funny. Like we don't sit here and blow up UConn. Um, <laughs> they probably appreciate that, right? Like, yeah. no problem. We'll, we'll, well see. It's just, they're so young. They're so yeah. young that, like, honestly, like, I thought they were not going to be this good. And obviously, their their older players are really good. But I didn't expect them to be this advanced this quickly, just in terms of like the concepts that they're able to pull off defensively and offensively. I think they will get better, um, and we'll see. We'll see how how much more page has to grow this year um, because you know right now she you know she can have a nine point game right a kind of inefficient nine point game even though she's doing a lot of other stuff and I'm not, I want to take away with that but if they want to win at the highest levels I think you're going to need more from her you're going to need more from Aaliyah Edwards you're going to need more from from all of your players um, so I, I'm excited to see how much they grow throughout this season on the other side uh, let's literally, the Steph- other side. The, literally, literally the other, the other side, side, of, side. Yeah. of the country. And they're finally able to play at home. Good for Stanford. Unfortunately for Stanford, they've lost two straight games. So, well, they lost two straight games and they beat USC. They lost to UCLA. Uh, that was number five, number six matchup. UCLA pulling off the slight upset, 70 to 66. Um, on the UCLA side, Charisma Osborne and uh, Michaela Onyemwede led the way with 24 points and 16 points respectively. UCLA is looking really good. They'll probably move up in the rankings. Um, but yeah, just Stanford couldn't get it going from deep to a 10. Um, you know, they didn't, they didn't seem to be clicking. I still have to watch this full game. I've only seen the highlights, but I, and only, I just thought and the other thing too, Gabe just had like eight points off the bench. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I, it, yeah like we, Rightfully so, they're extremely talented. They're a very good team, but you, you don't, you do need that that balance. You know, um, Quinton Hillsman a couple weeks ago was on a call with him, and he made a really good point. He said to to, to win, like to really, really win at the highest level um, nowadays, you need basically seven players on your roster that you can mm-hmm. start. You can start any uh, any of those seven, like, and feel that you have your. One like a, a really good starting lineup. So you need, I think you do. You look at championship teams, you need contribution off the bench, right? And right. and I think, uh, I just don't think Stanford played well. And I, I think that their bench is much more capable than eight points. Well, and they played two. I'm just counting them up. One, two, three, four, five, six. They played 11 players, which to yeah. me just says like, 
we're dead tired from the odyssey that we went on for the past month yeah, and a half. For sure. And I'm not trying to make an excuse because, you know, I don't, actually, they don't need an excuse. Like, UCLA is a damn good team. UCLA is one of the best teams in the country. If you lose to UCLA, that's nothing to, like, hang your head about. But I think <laughs> from what Stanford has been through, I'm not surprised that they're not, like, leaps and bounds over everyone else. Like, they looked for uh, good a good chunk of the beginning of the season because – it is tiring. It does wear you down. And I think when you get to the point where you're like, okay, we're back at our home stadium, we're able to do the things we normally do. There's just like a release there that may not be super conducive to winning every basketball game you play. That being said, they came back and they, uh, they torched 27. They beat USC yeah. by 27. So the, they're yeah. doing okay. I mean, they bounced back <laughs> fine, but listen, what I, I've said it, I think I said it earlier today. I've been saying it. Like, I feel like, a lot the last couple months. Mm-hmm. They're not excuses, they're realities. They're okay. <laughs> there are certain teams that are just dealing with other elements that other teams are not. Right. I don't think those are excuses um, to a certain extent. And this is another one. This is a team that ranked number one, haven't been able to play at home. Um, so on, on top of the anxiety and the school and, and all that other stuff, you don't have the comfort of your home, not even your home yep. gym. You're a college athlete. There's something special about going into your home gym, getting shots up at 10 o'clock. Not even your dorm. Yeah. You're yeah. In a hotel for like so, part, a good chunk of this year. Um, yeah. But like, I think like they're going to, they'll compete again. If we get to a tournament, they will be very competitive in an NCAA tournament and, for mm-hmm. sure. But I think UCLA will be true. I mean, they're so good. They're so fun to watch. Well, um, now, now the yeah. thing is like the Pac-12 becomes really, really, really interesting. We have three teams at the top with uh, Stanford, Arizona, UCLA, Oregon, just a smidge behind those teams in terms of conference play. And I think, you know, where we're going is going to be where this game between Stanford and the second game between Stanford and Arizona, second game between Stanford and Oregon, those UCLA Arizona games, like those are the games that are going to find this season in the PAC 12. I think they're going to end up defining a lot of what happens in the tournament with seeding. Cause you would imagine all four of these teams are in, yeah. um, but it's just a matter of who's going to win the PAC 12. And I I'm really, really interested because I thought Stanford was going to may have run away with it. Had they won, you know, had they beat, uh, Colorado had they beat UCLA, it kind of turns into a runaway, right? But now it's you still really, gotta play really that tournament, though. You still got to play do. that tournament, and uh, I just let's concern ourselves yeah. with the tournament when it's tournament. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like seriously. I'm, I'm not banking on on anything. I just want to see the good basketball, and I'm I'm regarding this regular season as like you know. Why would you say that? Where has that come from? But no, yeah, no, I hear. You. We'll we'll see, but I, I think uh, you get excited when you, when we sit here and chat about the Pac-12, right? Like I do, this is, I, really I do. do, I do too. Um, there's like you said, I think there's four teams um, that I could see making very deep tournament runs. NCAA I, I tournament could see runs, all four so, of them winning yeah. the um, the title. Mm. I could like there's a there's yep. a realm in which all of these all, like one of those teams win, but I could see it with any of the teams we talked about, right? Like we talked about the best teams in the country: Louisville, North, North Carolina State, South Carolina, UConn, Stanford. Um, you know, and we talked about Michigan, but Michigan's on a pause, and I don't think they're really national yeah. championship caliber. I really, but and I wouldn't I wouldn't count Baylor out either at Baylor's this point, there. but they're also a team that's kind of hit this adverse um, mm-hmm. COVID. <laughs> 
So well, that's um, the thing too. Like who gets, yeah. who gets through the season as yeah. well? Um, because Stan, I mean, UConn's only played nine games. Why hasn't so. Nike, Under Armour, and Adidas basically created bubbles that you can walk around in all day long? Because <laughs> you uh, know Power Fives would be like, let's get our players in bubbles. Let's stay no, negative. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am interested to see how they pull off some of these conference tournaments. I imagine there's going to be a push for a bubble because that's what's going to, I think it's going to happen in the NBA. NBA is probably going to the bubble for the deep, the deep playoffs. I think the uh, NCAAs should try to do a bubble for conference tournaments oh. and especially for the, well, the big tournament. For sure. I mean, they kind of already almost essentially are though, right? Like you yeah. get all the teams who, instead of like having different hotels, like, you know, condense that as much as you can, but you really are basically just going from your hotel exactly. to the gym anyways. Um, obviously there's no school visits. I mean, there wouldn't, there should not have been, you know, that take that out of the picture, but yeah, like I think, and you know, it'd be interesting if they can find um, like facilities or stadiums with the hotels really close, obviously you limit all that stuff, but I, I do like, I, yeah, like conference tournaments are, are going to be, um, I think they'll, they'll be, I don't want to say easier to manage, but they'll be, a lot less to it. We know what the men's Hopefully. tournament, we know the men's NCAA tournament, Indiana and Indianapolis. Yeah. That's going to be great. Like how, okay, let's, let's talk about the women's side now. Like these women are still I playing. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to sit, um, sit with Baylor on this one. Like let's start talking about the women's side too. Cause they're playing. Right, yeah. like they're they're um, risking their next two, yeah. um, and that's and we're we're gonna have to talk about all this stuff um, when it comes to tournament time, which hopefully it will, and hopefully we get some great basketball then. But we're getting great basketball now, and next week we're gonna be talking about uh, WNBA free agency. I'm very very excited for what's gonna happen. Uh, from from what I've been hearing, there's gonna be some shocking stuff that goes on. Hopefully on day one, maybe even later this week. So make sure you guys keep up with everything on this with this podcast. Podcast at Locked On WBB on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. You can follow Amy on Twitter at Amy Audibert. And we hope you guys have a great day and we will talk to you next week.